Well, welcome, folks, once again to Sex and Couples Therapy with the Happy Ending Therapist. I'm Donna Harris-Richards, LICSW and CST, licensed independent clinical social worker and certified sex therapist, couples therapist, relationship therapist, and family therapist, and systems therapist. <laughs> here with my, here with Vicki, my wonderful producer. Hi, Vicki. How are that you? That title gets longer and longer and longer. <laughs> So sorry. No, it's fine. I think it's great. <laughs> we were just talking about keeping it simple. <laughs> I failed. Once no, again. never, 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 never. Uh, so here we are together, and don't you look great? You have good color, and nobody can see you, but I can. Thanks. Me. I love that sweater. It's a great <laughs> one. Uh, so I'm just going to say my mission here. It's very important. Um, the mission of sex and couples therapy with me and Vicki is to help individuals, couples, and families embrace and integrate sex-positive thinking into daily life for optimal health, including sexual health and wellness. And you know, Vicki, as I always like to say, we go for annual mammograms, gynecological exams, prostate exams for physical sexual health. I think that we owe ourselves checkups on the emotional and mental aspects of sexual health for optimal health and wellness. And you know, one more thing I feel I must say is that if we can talk about sex, we can talk about anything. And that's why sex therapy helps communication with couples. Does that make sense? I do, it does, I do, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I do. <laughs> She's getting ready for the wedding, I think. I do, she's practicing that a lot. <laughs> You did that well. Thanks. That was great. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, what a lucky guy he is, that brand. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so yeah, here we are. So what's going on? We are um, careening toward the wonderful new year here. And of course, I think this is this is coming out, you know, post January 1. But and oh, and we're talking about the, the subject today is getting sexy in the new year. Right. Yeah. And and um, we're going to address cultivating your Garden of Eden and thriving in your happy home. I'm also thinking of today's podcast as sexy, savvy, and successful relationships in the new year. Ooh, that alliteration. <laughs> sexy, savvy, successful. Yeah. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Aww. <laughs> So what's going on, girl? You know, we're in the holidays and uh, the new year is coming and we're still in COVID, but, you know, everyone's trying to make the best of it. How are you making the best of life these days? I've just, I'm just the Christmas cheer all the time. <laughs> I'm just fine. There's always a Christmas movie on in the background or Christmas music on. I have all the candles going. I have the the stuff on the stove. I have a big pot of water on. It's so dry in my house that it's like mm. making it difficult. But I have a big pot of water on the stove, and in the pot of water mm. I have um, cranberries and cinnamon sticks and orange slices and mm. yeah. I want to. It that. makes the house smell so nice. Mm. And you just let it simmer right on the stove. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? How are you doing? 
I'm doing great. You know, I am uh, above ground and alive and I have my health. Although I have more pain these days at 60 going on 61, even though, you know, I walk and I eat well and I do all the stuff, you know, yeah, I do everything right. And still, I guess it's just part of life, you know, a little bit of back pain, a little arthritis, a little bursitis. <laughs> I noticed a couple of liver spots on the arms now. I'm thinking of it as freckles and tanning, but it's not. <laughs> So I'm just embracing all of the sort of evolution of life as every day unfolds. And I'm mostly just feeling grateful and lucky to, to have my health. And I mean, that's just so big these days in COVID with Omicron. I feel lucky. So That's crazy. It's, I know, right? Yeah. What a world. What a world. <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing similarly, I'll, like I'll throw on a Hallmark movie. Um you know, I'll try to turn on some Christmas music, uh, wrapping some stuff here and there, and you know that's cheery. Hallmark movies uh, are taking... Hallmark movies are great. They have a specific formula, so yes. you know for the for the anxious movie watcher that you know gets nervous because they don't know how it's going to end. At least with the Hallmark mm. movie, they have mm. a, a great formula that they follow all the way yes. through. <laughs> it's consistent. Well, yeah, no, it, it's true, and. <laughs> In our in our house, when we watch Hallmark, we go, ah, oh, here comes the kisses interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, there's always that part of the formula where the the kiss gets interrupted, right? Or oh, there's then, there's 25 minutes left. Something bad's gonna happen. What's gonna happen? Somebody's gonna misunderstand somebody, but God forbid they just talk about it. <laughs> yes. That I was just gonna say, and the misunderstanding, yeah. right? Oh, here it comes. There it is. Oh, wow. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's one on now called, uh, well, a couple I want to talk about. So one that is not a Hallmark movie, but is really sweet. And I loved it. If you can find it is called holiday in the wild. It is not Hallmark, but it, it's with Rob Lowe and the dark haired, the brunette from sex in the city or, and just like that. Now the show, mm -hmm. what is her name? I can't remember. Uh, Kristen, I love her. Kristen something. Oh, sorry, Kristen. Let's see. I'll look but, it up. Uh, Kristen okay, Davis. Thank you. <laughs> Kristen, I'm so sorry. Kristen Davis and Rob Lowe. And it is darling. And my girlfriend called me up and said, you're going to love it because it's Christmas and they're traveling around the world. They go to Africa. Ooh. And I'm like, ooh, that's right up my alley. So, um, <laughs> and it's very cute at the, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to give anything away here, but at the beginning of the movie, something happens to her she's in the middle of her life and she has a teenager and she's empty nesting and all that stuff and and as her son goes off to college she turns around and she says and just like that he's gone and i thought isn't that adorable the connection to the new <laughs> sex in the city show and just like that she says it again i think at some point so it's very cute um so holiday in the wild with kristen davis and rob lowe check it out it's really cute um and then there's another one right now uh, called like Christmas at the Plaza or did you see that one? So when I was an air on an airplane recently, safest place on the planet, <laughs> by the way, with COVID, the, the, I watched a video of how they circulate air. It's phenomenal. Every two minutes, they're pulling in air from the outside and pushing out the, the, the air on the plane. It's great. Anyway, while I was on the plane, I watched a documentary about Christmas at the Plaza in New York City. 
And, um, you know, Christmas, the plaza is beautiful. When I was doing my musician career, I did, you know, one million gigs at the Plaza Hotel. So, you know, it was really sweet to sort of revisit that place. And um, they focused, they sort of started on a man who works there at at the door, Mm -hmm. Bellhop, I suppose you'd call him. And he's German. And he brings in his granddaughter. This is the doc, the actual documentary, not the Hallmark movie. And he brings in his little, like, six- or seven-year-old granddaughter on, like, Christmas Eve day to look at the big tree in the plaza. And they go back of the house to the kitchen and look at the ice sculptures. And they hired there's, – there's been this new chef that's been hired who's also, I don't know, from Norway or Sweden or something. Um, cutie pie of a guy. And they just kind of show the intensity of how at the Plaza Hotel, when they do lunch or dinner on Christmas Day, it's a big deal, right? You know, they're serving hundreds of people, and it's very intense. So I was so excited about that and into that, and then I get home and I see this Hallmark movie, Christmas at the Plaza, and it's a really sweet little story about a woman who gets a job there as a historian. And, you know, sort of her, her, you know, the history of Christmas is at the Plaza, and, you know, you'll watch it unfold, and she's really good, and... She's got this sort of Rob Lowe-looking, much younger, uh, sort of bow or flame. And it's a really sweet movie. So something about Christmas at the Plaza. Check it out. Ooh. I just looked it up. <laughs> it may, is it Lifetime or the Hallmark? Nope. Christmas at the know. Plaza is Hallmark. It's ah, got Ryan okay. Peavy in it. He's a, he's a big Hallmark guy. Yeah, there, there's good acting in this, and, and the story is, is really very watchable. It's You know, some of them aren't quite as interesting, but I thought this one was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're both on the holiday Hallmark train, aren't we? Yeah, I got to get in the holiday spirit. Yeah, baby. So speaking of holiday spirit, how to get sexy in the new year, right? Like, can we talk a little bit about cultivating our Garden of Eden and thriving in our happy homes? Let's. Okay. So we're going to focus on, what do we come up with? You're, you're really good, Vicky, at reining me in and saying to me, let's focus on five points. <laughs> right? so, so we got five suggestions here. <laughs> and we'll kind of talk a little bit about each one, or maybe we'll talk a lot about each one. I don't know. We'll see. We'll look at our timing here. But, um, you know, with COVID, right, uh, couples are spending lots of time together. So we know that too much closeness can sort of smother the fire of desire, Mm -hmm. right? So in light of that, I think I want to talk first about cultivating longing. You know, missing your partner, right? How do we we miss our partner when we're with them 24-7? I suppose we could take another floor of the house if you have that much (laughs) Um. But, um, yeah, cult, you know, cultivating longing is this idea. And I know with COVID and Omicron, it's crazy. So uh, I have to sort of consider all of that. But I'm really interested in having people intentionally set up time apart. Um, so, so taking time apart, like a weekend away with the girls, do your own thing, you know, and intentionally coming, coming, not coming, intentionally planning to come back together, right? Um, but but planning that time away is really strategic to help miss each other, right? And I notice, here's what I notice in my practice, that when couples do that, they look lighter at the next session. They look a little happier, especially her if she goes away with the girls, especially if they have children, you know? Um, so the idea is it's it's almost like recreating dating, 
you know, this idea that you weren't always together when you were dating as you are now, and especially with COVID, right? Extra layers of stress. Um, and it's sort of like what you did then is sort of what got you here now, right? So the longing and the being together, that combination is, a, is something to recreate. So intentionally taking time away, I think, is important to fan the flames of desire, as we like to say. Um, and, you know, when we fulfill our own personal and emotional needs, right, we appear more confident and we, we actually do become if we're more confident and, and competent, right, we're more attractive. So we can, I used to do this in my 30s. My girlfriends and I used to talk about faking it till we, faking it till you're making it, right? Fake it till you make it. <laughs> so you may not want to go away necessarily. Um, and you may not necessarily want to come back together, right? But, but a lot of this work is about sort of being intentional and, and planning something and following through, even if you don't want to in the moment, because I promise that usually if you do that, it ends up pretty well after. And you go, oh, I didn't think I feel like that. But you know what? I, I do. I feel better, right? Because I planned that time away. Or I feel better because I intentionally carved out time with my partner. So anyway, cultivating longing, taking time apart. Um, one of the benefits of that I notice with my couples, especially when there are children, um, is that it shows, let's just take heterosexual couples for a second, or even same-sex couples when there's children. It doesn't matter. I mean, if there's one partner that's more sort of the, the, the child caretaker, like with heterosexual couples, oftentimes that's mom, the mom. Um, when they take time away, usually what it does is it shows them they can trust their partner, right? They end up feeling good in a way that maybe they didn't before they left, Um they also, the other, another benefit is they learn that their partner is, is um, willing and, and helping to alleviate their burden, right? And we're going to talk in the next podcast, well, at, in a future podcast about fair play and equity and dividing labor in the home, right? Which is really important, very appealing to um, partners when they're the ones doing a lot. And, you know, when their partner, when their partners then take on more of that burden, it's really good. So um, when this happens, let's say, you know, she takes the weekend away and he's watching the children, it's very appealing to her that he can do that. Um, and it's sexy. So it works for this couple or any couple who does this. Um, also, another, a third benefit, children get to witness a productive and healthy process between parents whereby the parents are working well together and kind of sharing the burdens in the home, right? So lots of benefits to cultivating longing. And even if it's you're, ju you're not going away for the weekend, you're just spending time with your good girlfriends or, uh, you know, I used to, I'll just share that in my life, you know, way pre-COVID, I used to work in New York a lot. So I would take the weekend away from my partner and it was really good for our relationship marriage because we missed each other we were and you know part of me did it because that was my life but part of me kept doing it because it did cultivate longing you know if if there was sort of a gig that came up or an oppor a work opportunity that came up I would take it because I'm like yeah this is good for us for me to get away so 
What do you think? You like that first one? I enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy it, Donna. Well, it's like, you know, with us, you know, here. That's okay. Sorry. That's okay. I'm I'm banging on my You know, when rugby's in season, you know, on Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m., you know, I'm away and then I'll come home and I'll not have seen my partner all day and I'll be like, hey, what'd you do today? (laughs) You know, instead of where we're both working from home. (laughs) And it's like, hey, what you doing? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, And I love that you show interest and you'll say, what'd you do today? Nice open-ended question. Good show. (laughs) Good. You're good. (laughs) You're good. Now, that's another thing. And I'm going to get to that later. You know, show interest in your partner, right? Even if it's like, oh, my God, there's that same face again all day, every day, right? (laughs) But show interest. It's it's nice. It's what you do with your friends, right? Yeah. Who you're not living with. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, you know, it's challenging. But anyway, so number two, cultivating your own sexuality. Right. So, um, you know, get some s- toys. You know. Oh, by the way, um, smittenkittenonline.com, Right. Put in that code happy ending, all caps, for 20% off of $50 or more. We love smittenkittenonline.com. They're vetted and they're really great. They're a company out of Minnesota. Excellent. So, anyway, you can go on their website and find some fun toys, some fun sex toys, penetrative toys, vibrating toys, sexy lingerie or clothing to feel beautiful, right? Or turned on. Um, sort of if, if we make that effort, you know, um, another idea, reading or listening to or watching erotica. You know, I, was, I always am looking for new erotica folks out there in the world. And I stumbled on somebody named Violet Blue. Do you know who that is? I don't. Yeah, she's interesting. She's cool. She's hip and smart. I loved it. I was listening to one of her, I don't know if it's a podcast exactly, I guess, but one of her, you know, I'm old, so I don't know if it's a recording, it's radio, it's a podcast, whatever. And she was talking about um, geeky, nerdy guys and how hot they yeah. are. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. Because, you know, they're smart and, uh, you know, smart helps us survive. I I was thinking, yeah, why is that? I know why that is, but I didn't really get far enough in what she had to say to hear. But um, so Violet Blue, uh, you know, Betty Dotson, in that book that's on our literature recommendations page, Sex for One. Um, The Laurie Brado book called Better Sex Through Mindfulness, How Women Can Cultivate Desire. Um, You know, I'll never forget, I I had this client who... Oh, I don't know. Two or three sessions in, she had, <laughs> she said, she and her husband, they were so cute. She goes, well, Donna, I did it. And I said, what'd you do? She said, I spent the best $27 of my life. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, she, this is unbelievable. And I'm like, what happened? I mean, <laughs> so cute. And she bought a vibrating toy and she, her husband said, he would come home and find her using it in every room in the house. <laughs> I mean, she, she, it was like, I'm stepping through that sexy door and never coming back. Yeah. It was great. So, you know, anyway, cultivating our own sexuality, just finding out kind of what turns us on, having our own individual erotic life and experience leaves us less reliant on our partner, right? So if your partner's not around... Or away for the weekend or whatever, guys, right? She's away or gals, he's away or 
um, same-sex couples, your partners away. Uh, you know, if you have your own individual, erotic, full, happy, sexy life, then you're not so dependent. And if your partner's not available then or not feeling well or whatever, you can make yourself happy. You know, when my clients kind of practice this, I, I observe that same kind of lightness of being. They seem happier. It, it's just, it's lovely. Um, and they kind of want to, you know, do it again and again and again and again. Because one of the questions I ask folks when they come in is about satisfaction with sexuality or with partner sex or even, you know, solo sex. And I'll say, well, particularly with partner sex, because they're coming in together most often, I'll say, you know, do you feel satisfied? Is the, is the sex that you're having sex that you would want to do again? Uh, and, you know, she was clearly wanting to do it again and again and again. <laughs> and he was delighted. It was really great, really great. Um, and then we kind of got them to even, you know, have this as part of their sort of shared erotic life together. You know, she would show him what it was like and, you know, it was just great. And again, you know, there's this idea that if we can talk about sex, you know, do these kind of difficult, hard, taboo conversations, we can have hard conversations about anything. Having hard Absolutely. conversations is all, it's so important too, you know. What makes you say that? Yeah, yeah. What makes you say that? I was watching um, on Instagram the other day. There's this mom that she has a 14-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And mm. she has these seemingly hard and taboo conversations with them about things like sex and masturbation. And, you know, like she makes it for each kid's level. So she'll say, you know your she calls them like foundations and then mechanics and then I forget the third part of what she calls them um but and she'll you know say to the three-year-old oh you know this is a conversation for your six-year-old sibling you're still on the foundation stage and then you know the six-year-old should be like okay well this is a conversation for your 14-year-old brother because you know you're in the mechanics stage and you know your your younger sibling is in the foundation stage so we have to wait until they go to bed to have this conversation because it's not an age-appropriate conversation, whatever. Mm. But things about, you know, talking about masturbation with your kids or safe sex with your kids and all of these types mm. of things and just how important that they are. And, yeah, you know, I'll send her to you. It's it's, wow. it's amazing. Yeah. Well, it sounds a little bit like uh, Albert Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that top phase is about actual actualization. Mm -hmm. Where we can, like foundational stuff, you know, on the hierarchy of needs is like having to go to the bathroom, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, you can't really concentrate if you have to pee. Um, you know, and then from there are things like finding our identity in school or at work or like that. And then, and then above, you know, way up are things like, you know, once we've got all that sussed and in place, we can talk about spirituality and sort of self-actualization, yeah. you know. But that's good. Yeah. It's, that sounds nice. It's, she's got that system for her family, yeah. right? Again, back to sort of the family system, and it sounds like she's got a working process that's that's helpful. Well, and, and making these topics be open so that, her, you know, her kids can, you know, be used to talking about them so that when the time comes that maybe they have to talk about it with a partner or something like that, it's a little bit easier for them instead of making it so difficult and making it a, a roadblock. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That, that makes me think about... The fair equity of, of shared labor in the yeah. home, you know, <laughs> right? So, and we're going to talk about that in the future, but, you know, not only with your partner, but get the kids involved. Mm -hmm. 
because to your point, that's going to help them do their own adult home more proficiently or more easily or more smoothly if they're practiced at it early mm. on. Like get them to pitch in, to clear the table, do the dishes, right? Vacuum, do the litter box, take out the trash, whatever, all that. Mm. Yeah. So good. Okay. So the third way to get sexy in the new year we, we wanted to focus on today in terms of cultivating your garden of Eden <laughs> is, is cultivating a sense of lightheartedness. So get flirty with your partner. You know, make, make sexy jokes in a text or flirt in a text. Or, you know, if you're on a FaceTime call, you know, partially or fully flash your partner. <laughs> Right. I mean, have fun. <laughs> you know, kind of like I think we're we're doing today. I mean, I'm having fun with you. I'm right having. Now. Fun. You know, we're being silly and a little. Good when you're getting out of the shower, show a little skin. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's nice. No, I think that's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, my partner always says to me when I get out of the shower, uh, I have the towel on, and and my partner says, uh, "Can I borrow your towel?" <laughs> and I go, uh, "No, but that's cute." <laughs> Lots of jokes going on around here. So, <laughs> so yeah, I like that. Show some skin. Um, it makes you feel sexy and can make your partner feel desired. And, you know, desire, as you know, desire is a lot of what I'm talking with my clients about. You know, there's a higher desire partner for intimacy, lower desire for intimacy, just like with cooking, yard work, right? dealing with the finances, saving, spending. There's always one partner probably has a little bit of a different level of desire. No two people are going to be necessarily exactly the same. Uh, higher desire for travel, right, or staycations. Um, but anyway, you know, when you do this kind of thing, and, and let's say your partner is the higher desire partner, you're going to make your partner feel really good. They're going to feel desired. Um, and... It can be really comforting to your partner to know that you're willing to be flirtatious and have fun. Now, having said that, let me carefully and clearly say, because you show some skin doesn't mean you now have to have sex, have an orgasm, have penetrative sex, intercourse. No. You know, uh, sort of slow things down. It's okay to flirt and then not complete an act. This is most of life. Have fun with it. Right? I mean, be flirty. <laughs> like just yeah, be able to have fun, fun. Right. You know, say fun and fun and flirty and what is it? Fun, flirty, thriving? Is that what I'm thinking of? No, I'm thinking of thirty, flirty, and thriving. That's how it is. That's right, that's good. How about it could be forty flirty and thriving. But just have you know, if your if your partner's walking in the room and they look good, tell them, ooh. Ooh, give me a twirl. You look good <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, and, and what happens, no, I love that. I, I highly suggest that. That's it, Vicki. You, you got it. That's what I'm trying to sort of relay with the cultivating lightheartedness. And, and there becomes this misunderstanding between people or maybe just a habit of being. Um, and, and most couples, I, are, they're just lovely and wonderful people. All my clients are fabulous. And I see them as people who just want something better for themselves and in their marriage. And if people can just take the pressure off of an end result, like you can be fun and flirty without the effing part, pardon my French. <laughs> Don't have to get to that last part. It's okay, to, like you said, to just be fun and flirty. And so what does that do? That creates more lightness in the relationship. And it can also help the partner who really wants it 
um, the, that third effing part, to understand that it doesn't have to lead to that and they can still be close with their partner. Um, and sometimes they don't even necessarily want that. They just want to feel close. They want to feel desired, right? So we're talking about sort of the big umbrella issue of intimacy. Um, penetrative sex is part of that. Um, intercourse is part of that. But there's so much more, right? There's just being close and being affectionate and being physical. So, um, you know, like you say, sort of try new things, give it a whirl, express appreciation. Like you said, wow, you know, you look hot or, um, thanks for dressing up for me tonight, honey. Or, uh, you know, thanks for putting on a clean t-shirt and not the old stained dirty one that, you know, that I don't love. Um, let's see, I, I have an example here. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm working with a couple now and he said, you know, it's not even about how often we do it, but just knowing she wants to is enough for me. That's a turn on. Mm -hmm. I know. Isn't that lovely? Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, also, another way to cultivate lightheartedness, light, lightheartedness is to get good at saying, I'm sorry. Apologize, 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 apologize. It really takes the pressure off of a heavy feeling after an argument or a disagreement. You know, saying, I'm sorry that this happened, that we're going through this, really lightens the moment for, you know, a closer connection, right? It's a way of saying, I see your perspective, honey. Um, it's a way of taking responsibility, realizing we're different people and can accept that. You know, sometimes I say, you know, look, you're an apple and your partner's an orange. I mean, you're just not the same people. Um, and it's the grown-up thing to do, as Sh David Schnarch says, marriage or, you know, committed relationship is an adult-making machine, right? So it helps us grow up. Um, and like any habit, this gets easier over time with practice. And don't do a backhanded apology, okay? Don't do a, I'm sorry, but. Don't do an, I'm sorry, and, you know, I... <sighs> I had the right to complain because, well, blah, blah, blah. don't do that. Just say, look, I'm really sorry that this happened, and I, I don't want this between us. And then be quiet. <laughs> Shut up. Because <laughs> if you say anymore, you're going to get yourself in trouble probably. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, and don't assume, like, remember, assume goodwill. This is something I talk about with couples constantly. If we assume that they're our enemy, this is not going to go well. If we assume goodwill and we know that our partners just want the best for themselves, the best for the relationship, they're overwhelmed, who, you know, who is not stressed today, right? You know, it is, it is COVID, it is COVID country mm. and there's an extra layer of stress. Okay. So moving forward, uh, the fourth way to get sexy is cultivate your gas pedal or your yes, right? Also know your brakes, know the things that sort of turn you off as opposed to turning you on, right? And part of that, again, that we're going to focus on soon is talking about or and doing equity in the home. Now, that doesn't mean that people are equal necessarily. Um, equity is different from equality. But equity is about fairness. So imagine that uh, two people have a three-foot ladder, right? One, and they're reaching up to get apples. One side of the tree, the apples are right there at three feet. The other side of the tree, the apples are up at six feet. Well, you know, they both have a three-foot ladder, right? But <laughs> one of them can reach the apples and the other one can't. 
because it's three feet higher. So that means one partner needs a six foot ladder. Right, so this is equity. Get a six foot ladder for your partner if they're picking apples six feet up. Make sense? Equality is each having a three foot ladder. So when there's too much workload in the home, it can sap your energy and leave you feeling like you are the maid, right? Or the housekeeper rather than the equal partner. Um, and if you want to, if you want to get close to your lover, right, if you're the higher desire partner, you know, do the darn dishes, right? Um, cook the casserole, clean the closet, more alliterations, right? To be sexy, savvy, and successful. <laughs> um, I see so many of my clients smiling and expressing feeling cherished when their partner helps out, like in a big way, you know, um, I, I once had this couple where, uh, the, the guy uh, was vacuuming every weekend and he cleaned so consistently like every Saturday that she couldn't help herself but to intentionally plan intimacy. She said, I just can't not do it. It's, it feels to me so unfair. He is so good. <laughs> um, and that's how they worked it out. You know, she said, here I wrote it down. She said, yeah, it's just not fair that he's always doing the vacuuming and I'm giving him nothing in return. I can't believe he's still with me. <laughs> he left, and pretty shortly they felt they had met their goals. You know, And it's not like she was giving him sex in a, in a mercy way, right? It was like, he does this for me, makes me feel good. I want to make him feel good by, by intentionally being close with him, right? Okay. Um, and I think I talked about this recently, but there's this other couple um, I've worked with in this very traditional marriage. And, you know, we were counting the number of hours that, she cooked and cleaned. I mean, they came in to work on division of labor, right? Um, and he said, well, you know, I do the outdoor work, right? And when we really counted the hours and did the math, you know me, Vicki, I love the math, um, her tally was 672 hours she put in inside the home, and his was 84 outside the home. So this changed the system fairly quickly just doing the math. Now, I mean, it's still a work in progress because it takes time to really get in the habit of things, right? What do they say? It takes three weeks to make a new habit. I mean, in my work, it can take three months or six months or sometimes longer, a year, you know. But, um, you know, the, so the amount of, of hours in a year, let's see, I wrote this down. The amount of hours in a year is 8,736. Um, if a mom is on 24-7, right, that's how many hours she's putting in, right? Because she's sleeping. What if the kids are sick? She has to wake up. If she were to get paid 25 bucks an hour, you know what that is in an annual salary? How much? <laughs> $218,400. So when couples set it up and mom works in the home, that's her dollar value quantitatively. But how do we qualitatively measure the value of her emotional labor, right? Her mental toll, uh, the physical toll, you know, all the invisible work that gets done from writing thank you cards, buying the kids clothes, healing the little boo-boos, you know, to planning the birthday party, the school picture prep, you know, PTA meetings, securing childcare, school needs, setting up summer camp, medical needs, wellness checks, flu shots, COVID shots, right? So I recently had a couple where um, the one partner, the, the brother was having a birthday party, they were both invited, um, she called the babysitter resource her mom. He was going to call his sister, but I think his sister was like not invited to the birthday party, right? So awkward. Mm. Um, but he didn't, 
run it by her to tell her that he didn't call his sister. So when she called her mom and her mom couldn't do it, and then she didn't hear from him, she just was tearful and stayed home with the kids and felt really left out. So the, th the thing that we came to is that what he needs to do is clearer communication. Come on back to her and say, listen, I didn't call my sister because it's awkward. Now what do we do? Right? So talking to each other and all that stuff. Um, so there you go. That's, that's that. Um, another way of culti cultivating the gas pedal um, or your yes is keep the kids and pets out of the bed. Right? <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, I know it feels good, but it's not good for your relationship. Uh, cultivating your gas pedal or your yes is that, you know, the reason it's good is sex is good for health, right? I say this again and again. Women have better heart health when they are sexual with themselves and their partners. It improves mood, lowers anxiety, blood pressure. For men, you know, it's good for your prostate health, blood pressure, improves mood. Um, I often think of older relatives I have, I've known who have um, kind of, they resist you know how this goes when people are older. Sometimes they resist socializing because they feel kind of bad about themselves, their teeth, their hearing, all that stuff. I remember my mom, uh, I think I've talked about this before. I, w I would say, Mom, come on, let's, this is pre-COVID, of course, you know, let's go out, let's go to the theater, let's go visit friends. And she'd go, oh, nah, you know. And then, guess what? We would just do it. Like I would create it. I'd invite people over. Oh, you know, I didn't know they were coming. They come in the house. And before I know it, she's engaged and she's excited and involved. And afterwards she goes, oh, that was great. So it's kind of like sex and intimacy, right? It's like you think you, maybe you don't want it. It's like, oh, too much trouble. But then if you sort of give over, most people end up saying, yeah, that was really nice. So. And then the last little cultivation practice can be cultivating physical closeness and affection beyond the bedroom. And you know, this idea we just talked about before, new expectations regarding endings, right? Happy endings don't have to include orgasm, intercourse, penetrative sex, right? So, so gals get flirty and stroke his hair, touch his shoulders, his arms, his muscles. Um, guys, don't assume. Uh, that, you know, being touched will get you right into the sack. You know, she might just want to flirt and have fun and that could be okay. Let, let it, let it be. Um, and more intimacy is more likely to happen without the pressure of it, you know, it, the orgasm, right? Penetrative sex. I, I hear women all the time say, I'm so glad that we're now intentionally planning it because it sort of takes pressure off of those days when I used to wonder, is tonight going to be the night? you know, that my partner wants to do it. And now I can just sort of be free and, and not, again, not that they don't want to be intimate, not that they don't want to have sex, but I mean, the truth of the matter is, you know, you gotta wash up, you gotta take a shower, you might wanna shave your legs, you know. <laughs> There's some things involved. Yeah. There's some prep. <laughs> There's some prep, kids, yeah, exactly. So, um, I think those, I think so the, you know, just oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, was, I think those things are, gro are great, you know, like especially for you know, for her to you know, stroke his hair or rub his arm or anything like that. And then for him, if it's not, you know, if you're looking for a not physical way, make her a cup of coffee, make her a cup of tea, you know, bring her a snack, like all those types of things, I think can be yeah. just as intimate as a physical. You know, can can yeah. to to lead. How do I how do I say this? To start it in a way where there's nothing expected, right? Because I think sometimes it's yes. you can start it in a way, and if you immediately go to like, 
the back rub you know you know the trope about the back rub it's never really a back rub right you know maybe you... oh yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's right that's right it's like in my day the old you know arm around yeah. her when you're in the movie theater like oh just yawning and you know putting my arm around her oh that feels more comfortable sure <laughs> so like affection beyond yeah, the bedroom something. affection beyond that you know if somebody makes me the perfect cup of coffee it is just as <laughs> important to me as anything else. <laughs> well, yeah, that's context. That's what Emily Nagoski talks yeah. about in Come As You Are. For women, it's all about context, yeah. right? From what happens at the moment we get up to the minute we go yeah. to bed. You know, is he thinking of me? Does he remember to take out the garbage? You know, So all of these things that we're talking about here today um, are sort of, I think of them as the insurance policy, right? It's effort. Oh, it takes time. Maybe some money. Um with dating and all that or buying sexy lingerie, but it's your insurance policy to guard against falling into the roommate syndrome. If you don't want to become roommates, we have to put in effort. It just takes a little extra, but guess what? The little extra is fun. It's flirty, right? It's, it's playful and who doesn't like to play? So there we go. Yeah. So everybody, I'm just so excited about y'all getting sexy and savvy and successful in your relationship in the new year. And um, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Vicki, for being around again. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, always a pleasure. So remember, everybody, you know, if you want to reach out and find us, feel free to check out the website www.sexandcouplestherapy.com. By the way, the podcast is on all kinds of whatever you call it platforms <laughs> like apple podcast spotify podbean but you can also find it on on our website as well on instagram you can find me at the happy ending therapist vicky and my folks my team they do such beautiful and wonderful uh, great social posts and all that stuff um, you can call the office too 508-990-9909 um, so what did i say instagram the happy ending therapist and on facebook you can find us at the sex and couple sex and couples therapist all right so listen everybody enjoy uh, make sure to have enough play and passion and pleasure and thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time